Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all righteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have not done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved those who are not all our heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your existence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious Lord. Amen. 
almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys that you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading of Holy Scripture. The first reading appointed for this day on which we observe All Saints Day is from the Revelation to St. John, the seventh chapter. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders of, and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Second reading from 1 John, the third chapter. See what kind of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Will you stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read? The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess together our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things, visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Blessed are you when people insult you, Christ said, and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear friends in our Lord, set in the pavement of a St. Louis museum is a large stone. And in that stone is carved a rather profound statement. The inscription reads, The past is beauty. It is also burden. It is where we go, many of us, to remind ourselves who we are and even sometimes to find out. The past, where we go to remind ourselves just who we are and even sometimes to find out. Certainly All Saints Day does just that. Reminds us who we are as we go back to the past and recall who the church has been. Today is the day when we recall the saints of old, those Christians who have been bold in their confession, even unto martyrdom, even going unto death, their death rather than forsaking the confession of the faith. And sometimes the confession of our faith might require that of us, death. You recall all those Christian martyrs of old, those bold men and women, and sometimes and often even children, who stood fast on the floors of Roman Colosseums throughout the land, their stages upon which the, the drama of their confession would be played out, those men and women and children of old who rather than forsaking the faith instead fell by the sword of the bloodthirsty. Instead of forsaking the faith, they were devoured, devoured by those beasts who far more innocently than the mobs thirsted for their blood. Recall them. Recall them all, and the apostles too, who every last one of them, tradition tells us, save John, who by grace lived to older age to record for us the revelation, some of which we heard this morning. But the apostles, every last one of them, except John, all the apostles whose years were here below were, were, were brought to an abrupt end because they were unwilling to forfeit the inheritance of heaven above by conceding and, and renouncing their faith here below. And the list of martyrs, it goes on. The trail of blood is long. The list is long. The past, it certainly can remind us who we are. We're a persecuted people. Insults and lies and slander, as Christ said. And isn't that why Christ said what he did in the text for today? Remember, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you for my sake. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So they did, didn't they? They did it to the prophets. Remember a few weeks ago in the sermon we recounted the ways in which God's people treated those messengers of old. Some were sawn in two. Some dragged through the streets, stoned to death. They did it to the prophets. They did it to the sons of the prophets. They did it to the prophets, Lord. Remember our Lord's word on the night that he would be delivered over to his death, to his martyrdom, if you will. Remember what he said. He said, a servant is not greater than his master. 
If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And so they did. They did, didn't they? And they did it to his apostles. And I think we know what we rightly can expect as his 20th century disciples. Each year, when the pyramids, these colorful cloths that adorn the pulpit and the altar and the, and the lectern and, and, the, and the color of the stole the pastor wears, those cloths that mark for us the, the season of the church year or the particular festival day, each year when these pyramids are changed from Reformation's red in preparation for All Saints Day, it always seems almost fitting to, to just keep them red. To just keep them red, red for All Saints Day, red after all. Isn't that the color of blood? It's the color of martyrs' blood, persecution. Red makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, on, on All Saints Day? And yet not red, are they? Not red, but white. And white for very good reason. You see, this day, this one's for all the saints. This one is for all the saints. Those, those who have gone before us and marked the road with their blood, but those too who've gone before us and didn't die the martyr's death, but simply died. Those who, in, in the way that most all of us probably will encounter that inevitable Wage of sin, those who simply fell asleep, as Scripture says in the faith, they just fell asleep, not necessarily in barbaric ways, but in their beds, in hospital beds, in convalescing beds, in home beds, in their recliners perhaps at home. Loved ones, lost by us, missed by us, lovingly remembered by us, loved ones now waiting for us, well, they in heaven enjoy their eternal labor's rest. You see, this day, this one's for all the saints. That means you too. Now, sometimes we're rather inclined, I suppose, to pause there. To pause when we hear of our saintly status. We pause because, as that stone-inscribed bit of museum Wisdom suggests to us, well, the past certainly can be beauty in that it reminds us who we are. It can also be burden. A burden because it can hurt being reminded who we are, who we were, who we've been. It can make us quite uncomfortable, can it? Sitting here while we recollect all those all-too-familiar moments in life, minutes, in life that weren't even remotely saintly. That's the way it is, isn't it? Perhaps, perhaps nothing in life is as heavy on present shoulders as our days that have passed. Regrets, moments that we'd, we'd give anything to take back. Those moments past, they can be pressing, they can even be crushing sometimes, a burden, so that we know exactly what the psalmist David of old was feeling when he pleaded to the Lord saying, O oh Lord, do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, not the past. As I said, there's very good reason why the pyramids are not left red today, but are white. White, this white. White, you see, is the color of all the saints. It's the color for every saint. It's the reason for every saint. 
The reason I say because no saint, no matter how memorable, no matter how prominent, no saint is a saint because of his or her own saintly thoughts or words or deeds. Your thoughts, words, deeds, mine, they could never, ever make the saint. Remember what Scripture says about our very best thoughts, thought, and words spoken and deeds done, our very best. Remember what Scripture says? In Isaiah, the Lord says, Your righteousnesses are as filthy rags, not white, but filthy rags. And that's why St. Paul, as we call him, was not at all reserved about calling himself chief of sinners. He knew his past, persecuting Christ, prosecuting his, his saints. He knew the insults and the slander that he leveled. He knew the blood that was on his hands. He knew what he'd done. He knew the crimson stain of his sin. And you know yours, and I know mine. You know what else St. Paul knew? You know what else Paul of Tarsus knew? He knew the Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures, and he believed them for what they were, God's Word. And he believed them in what they said, and this is what they say. Even though your sins, says the Lord, are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Snow white, wool white, that's the white of all saints. That's the white of every saint. It's the reason for any saint. You know that old hymn, Chief of Sinners. Though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me. No matter, you see, the burden of our past, and I mean, no matter. No matter the burden of your past, there's a beauty far brighter. The past is indeed beauty above all burden, because on a particularly good Friday, long past, Christ Jesus bore upon the cross our burden, Scripture says, and he carried our sorrows. When he who knew no sin... This one who was wool white, this Lamb of God, who knew no sin became the darkness of our sin for us so that in Him we might become saints. Saints. Robed in the righteousness of God, pure as your bulletin cover says, reflecting the words of our second reading, pure as He is pure. Blameless. Remember how the same Saint Paul so confidently describes that robe of saintly righteousness that that once was won for us and since delivered to us. Here's what he says. For as many of you as were baptized have put on Christ. Baptism. And the faith. The faith that comes by baptism. That's what makes us and that's what, that's what keeps us holy, saintly, all life long. It's like we'll sing later on this morning in that, in that All Saints hymn, the beautiful scene of, of heaven. Described to us in, in Revelation, we'll sing these words. Behold a host arrayed in white, like thousand snow-clad mountains bright with palms they stand. Who is this band? Before the throne of light, lo, these are they of glorious fame, who from the great affliction came and in the flood of Jesus' blood are cleansed from guilt and blame. That's the confidence. It's the confidence in the flood of His blood that will sometimes 
make Christ's saints into necessary martyrs. Sometimes persecution wants to demand more than Christ's blood for salvation. Sometimes it'll demand less. Sometimes it'll tell us that Christ's words are outdated for us and need no longer apply to the current situation. And we can depart from them and leave them in the past. But we, friends, we have no choice. As those redeemed by Christ, we have no choice but to follow where the truth of Christ and His saving blood require that we go. Indeed, no matter what's at stake, and I, literally I mean no matter what's at the stake, because perhaps you'll remember a Christian of olden days named Polycarp. Polycarp, a disciple of St. John, the Apostle, Bishop of Smyrna. In his day there was a persecution of Christians that raged under the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius Antoninus. Well, Polycarp, hearing that he was being sought, escaped from the detection that of his would-be captors, but he was discovered by a child. Well, the guards arrived to apprehend Polycarp, and he didn't resist. You know what he did? He instead, instead, he feasted with them. He feasted with his captors, and, and then asking for an hour before he was taken into captivity, he prayed fervently for his captors. And it so moved some of them that it said that his guards repented that they had ever been instrumental in taking him captive. Nonetheless, though, he was delivered up to the Roman proconsul to face the punishment of being identified as this follower of Christ. Condemned, Polycarp was fastened to a stake, and the fires below him were lit. Flames beginning to burn underneath him, the proconsul then urged Polycarp, he said, Polycarp, swear unto Caesar. All you need to do is swear unto Caesar and I'll release the Polycarp. Reproach Christ. Well, even though he was not nailed to the stake as was customary, but only loosely bound there to the stake, yet he stood firm. Bound by his confession, he stood firm and he would not move for he knew well that any step away from those fires was a step away from his confession. And from his Lord. The aged Polycarp in the flames there. Flames all around him then answered. He said to the proconsul. Eighty and six years have I served him. And he never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king. Who hath saved me. It's quite a confession. You know all of us who have been confirmed here. And the faith answered yes once to this question posed to us that day. Do you intend to continue steadfast in the confession of the faith in the church and to suffer all, even death, rather than to forsake it and fall away from it? To that we answered yes. It's a tall promise to make. It's an even taller promise to keep. Because you and I can think of any number of situations in life when there is a lot at the stake. A lot at stake in standing firm. And we well might wonder if we're going to have that courage. Are we going to have the conviction to stand firm like Polycarp? Would we have that conviction and the grace and the fortitude to be a martyr today, this very minute? You know that very question once was asked of a man 
who gave a most beautiful and a rather surprising answer. It was asked of him, would you have the grace this very minute to be a martyr? And you know what he answered? He said, no. No, at this moment I don't have that grace. But he said, what would I want a martyr's grace right now for? But then he quickly added this, this, he said, yet I know, if I'm ever called by my Lord to be a martyr, then on that date I'm, I'm certain. On that very day I'm certain that a martyr's grace is what I'll have. Beautiful. And you too. You too, whether it's life or limb or livelihood or reputation that's at, at stake, Whenever it will be that you're called upon to confess Christ, and you will be. Whenever you're called upon to confess Christ before men, you can count on it, the grace and the strength from Him. From Him, who one day will not be ashamed to confess you before His Father who is in heaven. And friends, that, that's the wonder of All Saints Day. That's the confidence we have of All Saints Day, the beauty of All Saints Day, God sustaining His blood-bought saints through life's confession. And so like those dear and those faithful departed saints that have gone on to heaven before us, God too, keep us faithful unto death. That like we, or that rather that like them, we too might receive that crown of everlasting life. Blessed All Saints Day to you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Stand and sing with me our post-sermon hymn.
saints of God, by virtue of Christ, into whom we've been baptized, let us now pray for all the saints here below joining them in thanksgiving and in prayerful request, as well as for all people throughout the world asking God's favor according to their need. We pray. Lord God, blessed are we to be called your own and to be numbered among your saints. Having been preceded and surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, teach us also to run with endurance the race that you have set before us. And keep, we pray, our eyes ever fixed upon Christ Jesus, whose blood washed over us in baptism has made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance that belongs to your saints alone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most gracious God, from whose hand is born every blessing, we remember with love those dear ones and friends who confessed your name on earth and who now sing your praise in eternal glory. Receive our thanks for their time among us and for the moments shared in the memories we now treasure. May their example serve to encourage us who yet here feebly struggle until we like they in glory shine. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the Church, preserve your word among us in its truth and purity. Defend us from false doctrine by faithful teaching and preaching and by the dedicated hearing of it. Let your proclaimed word of promise, which sustains us on the way, be our last and highest comfort in this world, and your word of welcome, the first of endless comforts in the world to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the nations, bless ours in the week to come as her citizens go to the polls to elect leaders and decide upon measures and legislative propositions. Uphold your will, we pray, by all laws and leaders chosen. Prepare those who will be elected for their positions. Grant our current president and legislature and judiciary wisdom and discernment to govern according to their callings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Uphold your saints, O Lord, who are sick or ailing or infirmed, including all the homebound members of this congregation. Also, Vic Small, recovering from a fall and ankle injury. Marilyn Brewer, preparing for surgery, be also with Martin Borkenhagen. Console also those who mourn, including Gary and Jeannie Albrand and Gary's family at the death of Gary's aunt. Regard and visit the lonely. Be the confidence of all who are persecuted. Remember those who have been forgotten. Provide direction to those who wander and still hope in those who despair. Embolden the faith of those who doubt your desire and determination to deliver them. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Bless all of those who partake of the Lord's Supper this day, that receiving your Son's very body and blood in faith, they may receive this blessed food unto its intended goal, which is the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening and sustaining of our faith in you and of our love for fellow saints and neighbors around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. On earth and in heaven, the countless host of your saints does praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For you have created us and redeemed us, and still you sanctify us. We ask that you receive now the prayers of your people, and that for Christ's sake you grant these our requests, as you see fit and good for us. To you alone be all glory, majesty, and praise. For you live and reign, one God, and for eternal ages to come. Amen. The Lord be with you.
is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, in the communion of all your saints gathered into one body of your Son. You have surrounded us with so great a cloud of witnesses that we, encouraged by their faith and strengthened by their fellowship, may run with perseverance the race that is set before us, and together with them receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, on those whom you created, and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully, even and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.